Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is the Doing Time Show and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. Basically, I'm still doing the show from home and it's still stage four lockdown in Victoria at the moment. And first up on the show, we're going to be speaking with... Auntie Allison and also Auntie Rio, and we will be speaking with them about the new report that's come out from the Prime Minister and indeed from Parliament in regards to closing the gap. Today I will, I will be broadcasting a very special show in regards to this topic, which has been very sadly neglected in the media, and one of the reasons why I've invited all of our guests today is really to talk about what has happened in terms of closing the gap. For example, the Prime Minister announced a new $1 billion implementation plan aimed at closing the gap. Stolen generation members from the NT and ACT will receive payments as part of a new redress scheme. And then he talks about the fact that Aboriginal organisations are cautiously optimistic but say that Indigenous perspectives are needed. The PM's comments came as he delivered the annual Closing the Gap update in Federal Parliament on Thursday, outlining this plan and looking at the fact that youth justice also needs to be, um, to be looked at in terms of closing the gap. But what about building the movement to stop Aboriginal deaths in custody? What about providing more services and innovative programs for Aboriginal children and Torres Strait Islander children? in regards to um, parenting support and looking at stolen generation um, from a historical perspective as well. So we're going to be speaking with the aunties very soon about that and then after that we'll speak to Dr Tristan Kennedy from Macquarie University and his Noongar and then after that we'll be speaking with Uncle Jack as well. And all of these perspectives are really, really important. So... Pretty soon, we'll speak with Auntie Allison and Auntie Rowe. Female identifying artists aged 18 to 35 are invited to enter the Ellen Jose Art Award, a $15,000 non-acquisitive award. Ellen Jose was a pioneer in Australia's urban Indigenous art movement and a radical activist and social justice campaigner. 
The award is given in the hope that it will support the winning artist's continued development by providing recognition as well as a financial boost. All six finalists will receive an artist fee and have the opportunity for their work to be professionally presented in an exhibition with an accompanying publication. The award is a partnership between the Ellen Jose Memorial Foundation and Bayside City Council. Entries are now open and close on Friday the 27th of August. Head to bayside.vic.gov.au and search for the Ellen Jose Art Award for all the details. A 3CR supporter. Love comes your way What can I say You feel the And you're back with the Doing Time show. And I wanted to introduce Arnie Allison and Auntie Rio. Hello, welcome to the program. Hi, darling, it's Auntie Rio Ellis here. How are you? Oh, really? Well, all right, considering the lockdown. Um, yeah, it's okay. We learned to live with things like this. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Arnie Rio, I was wondering if you could just tell us what land you're from. Well, I've been living in on Wurundjeri country. I mean, you know, off country for forty odd years now, and I respect the country that I live on, which is yeah, Wurundjeri Nation, Wurundjeri of the Kulin Nation. I'm down from Queensland, proud Gitterborough, um Bundjalung woman. And in saying that, in knowing my my heritage, where I come from, I I stand there and I say that I am a very privileged person considering what's happening to our stolen generations, what's happening to our children now, where they're taken and they're not being culturally looked after, their, their um, genograms not being looked after. So, you know, there's the build-up and the basis of stolen generation, the build-up and the basis of um, children in out-of-home care, the high rate, you know, the, um, the, the, the children in... Incarcerated. That's why we fight to raise the age. So that's me. I'm, I, I sit here privileged, just knowing who I am and where I'm from. It's true, isn't it, Auntie? And one of the reasons why I'm having this special broadcast today is because I'm not really. I'm really quite disappointed with what the Prime Minister has said in his report, because there's nothing really much that's being done about closing the gap. What's this closing no. the gap business anyway? Yeah. No, he, he, can, he, can, he can close the gap by not giving the non-taxpayers billion dollars of Aboriginal money. You know, he's given that to them. He's skimmed off the top of Aboriginal money and given it to non-paying people, um, the mines, etc., etc. So that's how he can close the gap. If he doesn't do that, if he doesn't stop giving Aboriginal money to them, the gap's not going to be closed. And it's what the you're talking about, you know? I, I work with health. I work with Aboriginal children. That's exactly right. So are you saying, Auntie Rio, that it's that it's got to be more Aboriginal-led? Is that what you're saying? Oh, Aboriginal. Ab <laughs> Aboriginal should lead everything. Yep. And I'm not talking about the little Jackie Jacks that come up, the tokenistic ones. Like, you know, you put them up there and then they say, oh, we've been talking to Auntie so-and-so because she's Aboriginal. Well, Consultation doesn't mean consent. Yeah. That's how we've been told, oh, if you interview six Aboriginal, that means you've got consent. Well, no, it doesn't. No, well, that's exactly right. 
Can you tell me what, what do you think are really important things that, that need to be looked at here? Well, we need to lower the rate of our children in out-of-home care because our, our, our children are our future. Regardless of yeah. the health, close the, you know, close the gap on health, prisons, etc. It's all going to be led by our children when they grow up. So, so if we look after our children, our children will have a better future overall, uh, you know, over, over Australia. And do you think that they're being looked after in the current system? Pardon? Do you reckon they're being looked after in this current system? No, they need to take that word They need to take the word protection off child protection because they're not protecting our children. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Is, is Auntie yeah. Ellison with you too? Yeah, yeah, because I wanted to thank her for organising you to come on, Auntie Rio. Yeah, no, that's fine. She's listening. Yeah, yeah. What's that? I, um, I'm totally disgusted with um, Scummo trying to make himself look good as though uh, something he's done has Yes. That's right. 
And Arnie, Arnie Rio and Arnie Ellison, what do you think about how, you know, would you say that the, the Prime Minister needed to have put more money into safe houses for people yeah, that well, need to go somewhere? I think, I think that uh, we need to give all Aboriginal monies over to Aboriginal people so that we can do our own business. We don't need white people shadowing us and hovering over us to see that we're doing okay. We survive magnificently long before they got here. So they need to stop, you know, thinking of themselves like they're the great white driver who's going to solve all the problems. Yeah. They're the ones who solve the problems. Get your hands off black lives and let us do our own business. That's yeah, it. And, and in saying that, we, we actually, you know, he wants to help. He wants to, if, if he wants to help the Aboriginal um, children, the Aboriginal people, it's like, oh, let's take out a give him this hand and, and take it out the other hand. Because uh, if there wasn't any problems with the government and the minister, we wouldn't be in this oppressive um, society. Yeah, exactly. So you two are really committed, aren't you, to to helping helping the children? Absolutely, because the children are our future. We help the children, we help the adults, you know. Yes. We, we don't go in and say, oh, it's in the interest of the child. We say that and then we say because we see that children come with mum and dad too. We just don't, we just don't take them away from mum and dad. We put things in place to ensure mum and dad, you know, Gemo is like a big warm hug. We don't kick them while they're down. We pick them up and hug them and say, you're worthy of being a parent to these children. Let's see what we can do, what we can put in place. Exactly, because in terms of... The, with, there's been stolen generation for, for hundreds of years. Yep. Yes. Since colonisation. Since colonisation, we've been seen as oh, the bad people or the... Uh, the natives, we're still being treated like that nowadays. But the one thing was, back in those days, they didn't say, you were black boys who were living to raise their own children, yet they had to go and raise the white kids and just feed the white kids. What the hell is that? I know. And that's it's... what we're finding out. Babies are being ripped from mums. Um, it's the uh, human right to be fed naturally. They're not doing that. They're, they're taking it from mums. When we go in, when that baby's returned to mum in two days, what was the fucking wrong with them in the first place? You know? I'm exactly. so angry. Yeah, I'm just so angry that they don't see common sense. I even tell them, is common sense common in the in this department, in this institution? Hmm. And, and very you know, oh, you're, being, you're being angry, you're being... I said, yeah, do you blame me? I said, I have a vested interest in this case because I am Aboriginal. I have seen it happen. You know, That's like exactly right. All right, well, um, we've got our next interview coming up soon. Alice, Arnie Allison, do you have any, any comments you want to make before we go? Yes, as far as uh, there's so much...
morning. Oh, yep. And if anybody, Alison, do you have our bank details to give it out there? Oh, um, we were non for a donation to the to yeah. the to the group. Yeah. Yeah, GMAR Victoria. We're non-profit. We yeah. do everything on our own. Sometimes we get a little bit of donations here and there. That's all that right. That helps us sit with mums in court. That, that helps us get a cot for a baby. Because if no, that well, that's hasn't really got good. A cot, yeah, if that mum hasn't got a cot, these rotten mongrels will keep a baby from her. That's exactly right. And yet I had my brother in a suitcase. And he's grown yeah. up to be, you know, very healthy. Exactly. Thank you so much. Look, I've really enjoyed having you on the program and I'm hoping I can have you back really soon, actually, the two of you. Alison, what yeah. land are you from before we go? Sorry, what was that? What land are you from? Me? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I'm from uh, Western Australia. My tribes are Wilmadari, Dunabar, Balka and Bibbleman, otherwise known as Wilmadari. Yeah. Thank you. And, Arnie Rio, I'm really grateful that you've come. And, and, oh, yeah. and I'll, yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks, Charles. And, you know, because we, we got this together with um, Senator Lydia Thorpe um, yep. in 2018, 20, 2017, and we just ran with it because finally what we've been doing has got a name now. That's right. And read out the website again, Arnie Rio. Uh, it's, we haven't got a website. We're building that yet. Yep. Still no money, you know. So we're going to build that through our allies. Um, but we have a GMA Victoria Facebook page. Okay. Yeah, and um, we're pedantic about calling it GMA Victoria because I don't like it shortened to Vic. Now, you wait a minute. Is that an email address? Oh, no, no. We haven't got an email address. Or is it a um, Facebook? One at the moment. We can do one. Yeah. But okay. Well, you know what? We're gonna. I'm gonna have you back in a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, Arnie Allison, I'll give you a call. Maybe we can arrange for you two to come back in a couple of weeks, and we can have a chat just about the service. Yeah. We might yes. even. Uh, we might even be able to come into the station. I would love that. Once the lockdown's finished, I would really love for us to sit down, sit together, and have a yarn. Yeah. And and like we essential workers, and I tell you what. COVID's not killing our people. It's this bloody lockdown. We're not. They're not even discussing suicides that have risen. That's you right. So, and that's happening a lot in our in our community. Absolutely. So All right. right. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Take care. Thank okay. you. Bye. 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 You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am, on digital and online, 3CR Radical Radio. There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. With Facebook stripping content, it's a timely reminder to focus on the communication channels and platforms that the community controls. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new T-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Twitter at 3CR and Instagram at 3CR Melbourne. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855 AM. Keep in touch. 
3cr.org.au. Time show, and we're now going to be speaking next with Dr. Tristan Kennedy, and we will be continuing our special broadcast today on looking at the closing the the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous communities. Are we really closing the gap? Hello, Tristan. Welcome to the program. Hi, Marissa. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you. I was speaking before you with with some aunties, actually from. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether you heard that last bit of the interview. Yeah, I heard it. I heard the last couple of minutes. It was sounds, yeah. sounds like it was a great conversation. It was a great conversation. We were yeah. talking a lot about child removal and also about the stolen generation and how they've got a support service happening, yeah. and and really about how there's really such a lack of consultation and truth telling with all the clans. Um, yeah. So, if you could just talk about, tell me what land you're from first. Yeah, sure. I'm, my uh, background actually is Baladong Noongar um, on my father's side, but I was born on Ghana country, and that's where I'm uh, phoning in from today. Beautiful Ghana country. The sun's shining. Lovely day today. Beautiful. And Tristan, can you comment on the Prime Minister's report and about about? Um, the material in that report, and how, how do you feel? What's your view? Look, I, you know, I, I don't think my views really changed too much from from my views on the whole closing the gap initiative for decades. I mean, I think, you know, the the report is, you know, they're they're all giving themselves a bit of a pat on the back about how much money they're they're putting into this, and and that seems to be the main message. You know, the the large sums of cash, but. You know, for me, the closing the gap thing has always had some fundamental sort of issues that aren't really addressed, that aren't really spoken about. Um, you know, the the whole notion of closing the gap. I mean, what what is the gap? What what way are we going to close it? You know, the closing the gap is obviously based on this idea of you know sort of sense of well-being, and the the idea of well-being is measured from a Western non-Indigenous perspective. And so what? the Closing the Gap initiative is trying to do is sort of, you know, maybe bring Indigenous people to a Western sense of what they consider, you know, positive outcomes. They don't actually talk to Indigenous people about what wellbeing means for us. And so you can throw all this money at it, but if you haven't actually asked what outcomes Indigenous people want or listened, you know, it's not about, it's not really actually about asking. I mean, Indigenous people, as you know, have been talking about what Closing the Gap should be for decades, um, they just haven't been heard. Um, so I think there's a fundamental flaw in the idea of, of closing the gap um, that, that really kind of, you know, it sort of hinders the efforts from the outset. Absolutely. And each year it's the same. Oh, yeah. they're, they're mentioning targets and then those targets aren't achieved and then they yeah. talk about waiting until 2025 or some such thing. I mean, this stuff's been happening since 1788. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, the targets are, are sort of... They're, they're trying to work out, in my opinion, they're trying to work out Band-Aid solutions to larger issues. You know, if you're you know, looking at incarceration rates, they want to try and reduce numbers, but they're not actually addressing the fundamental... Um, you know, institutional and structural racism that exists in this country that means, you know, our young men are, are more likely to go to prison than university. You know, they're, they're not looking at 
what's going on in classrooms, what's going on in the street, what's going on in the media. You know, I, I, just before this interview, I was listening to uh, ABC Radio here in Adelaide, and there's a report there that you know, Alia Alia from um, Port Adelaide, who won the medal last night in the uh, Adelaide Port Adelaide showdown, had had been the, the recipient of you know racist vitriol on on social media immediately after the game. This stuff's going on. Yeah. It's you know it's something that we see on a daily basis. That Absolutely. Needs to if you're going to get these results, you know. Absolutely. And then, you know, you were talking before about not just about racism, but also about over-incarceration, talking about the prisons. Yeah. And what about our youth? Yeah. You know, uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you, a, lot, a lot of our youth are, are growing up with, with very few options, you know. School isn't relevant. Police are, you know, unfairly and, you know, over-policing them. What's what are the options that you know our, our young people have? They're, and and this is this is not just you know today's generation. You know this is an intergenerational thing. It starts from like you said from 1788 from all the institutional and structural racism that that is part of the mechanism of colonisation. Um, you know this this happened to our, our great grandparents, our grandparents, our parents. It's happening to us now. It needs that that's the stuff that needs to really change. You know, and particularly. Disappointing, actually, when I heard uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison talking about closing the gap. You know, there was, it, there was this sense that they were sort of looking at, you know, the next generation. How can we solve things for the next generation? What about the people that are growing up today? What about the people who, you know, in, in middle of their life and experiencing intergenerational and institutional racism and, and trauma every day today? You know, that that's where we need to approach it. We can't just sort of, you know, aim for something in 25 years. Absolutely. It's like they're talking about the make, making something energy efficient or something, like a, an abstract thing. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it just smacks of the same old story. You know, OK, cool, we're going to set all these new targets. I think last year there were 17 new kind of targets because they hadn't met the first lot. Mm. They, they set up 17 new ones and, OK, we're maybe tracking all right for three. You know, they, they just keep missing the point. I've yeah, I've, I've listened to a lot of elders, to a lot of, uh, you know, Indigenous scholars and, and those, those sorts of people over the years who have been talking about, you know, health, welfare, education, uh, all sorts of government policies and, and what needs to change. And the, and the message is continually that we're just not heard, we're just not listened to. And, and not only that, but one of the things that I found to be quite uh, ludicrous as a radio broadcaster and also as a human rights activist is yeah. the apology that Scott Morrison gave. Yeah. It, I'm sorry, but it, made, it was pathetic. It made me sick to the stomach, if you want the truth, because yeah, yeah. I've been doing this show for many, many years and I've done extensive coverage on the lived experience, not only of Aboriginal elders, but also of women in prison. And... Yeah of all communities that are deprived of a voice. And that apology sounded so hollow. When you're seeing that Aboriginal people are dying in custody, you know, you've got Wayne Feller Morrison, you've got you've yeah. got what happened with Lex Watton and Cameron Damudji, you've got, you know, Miss Dew. Do you see where yeah. I'm going, Tristan? Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, a little over 10 years ago, you know, Kevin Rudd, 
you know, gave his sorry speech in Parliament. And, you know, what's changed? You know, we've all seen that placard at rallies, you know. Sorry means you don't do it again. It's what we teach our kids. Yeah. It just... It just the, the whole apology thing has sounded hollow because it's not backed up with with serious action, you know. You just... You hear it over and over again, but you don't really sort of see, you know... You just you just go, all right, cool, and in a couple of years' time, we're going to find out why we didn't meet these targets again and we're going to throw more money at it. In the meantime, what, people are dying. Exactly. People are dying, and, and they're mentioning the, the redress scheme for, you know, the stolen generation. But what... Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Oh, look, you know, I mean... It's good, but... Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's... In a sense, it's great that the, yeah. the people who had been treated so poorly um, are finally getting some sort of compensation. But how many how many people aren't here today that that you know missed out on compensation because they you know they, their lives ended before they got to this point? You know, it's just yeah, exactly. like you said, it's just it's just an uneasy feeling. It doesn't feel you know, it doesn't feel overly positive. But. Look at what the aunties are doing. They're doing a lot of really amazing stuff with um, well, setting up that support service. Totally. And that, you know what? That's that's the really exciting stuff. That's stuff that, you know, literally puts a smile on my face to know that, all right, you know, the government's going to do this. They're, they're going to miss the targets again. They're going to come back and maybe offer some sort of apology and strategize their way into another three or four years of missing targets. But on the ground, aunties, uncles, elders community members, family, they're, they're doing some amazing stuff. We're looking after each other. We're li we listen to each other. We, we seek support. You know, a lot of research that I do is about social media. You know, how do, we, how do we use digital technology, things like Facebook and Twitter and that sort of thing, as mob, to, you know, build community, to, to strengthen our bonds and to support each other. And some of, them, some of the amazing stuff that's going on on social media these days by Indigenous peoples in Australia... Um, you know, presenting a counter-narrative, presenting some really positive stories that are inspirational, that are motivational, that, that give us a reason to kind of, you know, maybe just, you know, ignore the kind of negativity that comes out of mainstream and, and really focus on the positives for community, look after ourselves, support each other. Um, yeah, that look, we're good at that. Aboriginal people are really good at that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So are there any... Final comments that you want to make, Tristan, about all this? Um, look, not really. I, I think, you know, let's let's finish on a positive note and think about, yeah. you know, the, the, the awesome stuff that Mob are doing, you know, online or just in community, you know. I've been just listening to, to um, the aunties that you were talking to before me, you know. The, the idea that they're setting up ways to connect through... Facebook and websites and there's opportunities for people to contribute and donate and, and help each other. Um, you know, that stuff, like I said, puts a smile on my face and that's that's where I like to be, you know, thinking about. That's what I like to be thinking about in these sorts of times, you know. Would you say that stories are really important, the stories of what happened, what happened during the frontier wars and the, oh. you know, what happened back then, they're very much linked to now and and has created trauma. Yeah, totally. They're they're, they're incredibly important stories, and and it's incredibly important to get 
both sides of the story, and that's you know that's part of the you know I was talking about the institutional racism and issues in our in our classrooms. The stories that you know that people are getting told in classrooms are, are essentially not true. No, you know you're not getting indigenous perspectives in classrooms. We need to tell those stories. We need people to to know what went on and how it all happened, and um, you know we need we really need to think about what what the story of this country is, um, and make sure it's told accurately. And, again, and perhaps money needs really to go well. into that. I beg your pardon? Perhaps, sorry. Perhaps money needs to go into that. Oh, that, I mean, that'd be fabulous, wouldn't it? You know, to, to support Indigenous storytellers and historians. And, you know, this, I, I work with some amazing Indigenous scholars at Macquarie University who, you know, who are, up, who are definitely up to that challenge and, you know, can, can tell the stories that need to be told. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. Dr Tristan, it was so lovely to have you on the show. Um, oh, it was a pleasure. I'm, Thanks so much. And I'm hoping that, that you'll join us again. Um, I'd love to. to. Would you? Oh, absolutely. And, I, you know, like I, like I said, I was listening to, um, to the aunties you were talking to earlier who said, you know, maybe we can catch up in the studio and yeah. have a cup of tea and a bit of a yarn. That would be great. That would be amazing. And that's, that's something that that our show does, that we, we bring people together and we, we, we want to unite people. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. Thanks so much, Thanks so much Tristan, and You're we'll welcome. talk Thank to you, you soon. Sounds great. Take care. Thanks, Marissa. Bye. Bye-bye. 3CR Community Radio, giving the voice to community since 1976. The media in this country, we as Indigenous people know, have censored our right of telling the truth, and the truth is what this country is most fearful of, in particular Indigenous truths. Until history is told by the vanquished lens, which is our people telling our story our way, and have the right to be able to incorporate that into a system of learning, well, people are always going to be denied that truth by deceit and lies. When you look at the type of psychological warfare, spiritual warfare that Aboriginal people are caught in, it's not just in the sense of military when they talk about weapons of mass destruction, but you're right, it's in terms of the media and the industry of media as a warfare against our people, and so is religion, I believe, in the Western sense. They're, they're all weapons of mass destruction against our, our people. We need to keep radical voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. And you're back with the Doing Time show and we're continuing with our special broadcast on the so-called Closing the Gap. And our last guest is Uncle Jack from... Yeah, hello, Uncle. How are you going? Hello, Marissa. Very good to be here, Mr. Tracy. Uh, with you and Bob, uh, interesting to hear what Tristan had to say. It and, is. Uh, what did you think of that, Uncle? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good, because uh, um, experiences have led me to always believe that um, we should make a stronger effort... Uh, to uh, bleed uh, each state's unique history onto our state schools' curriculums or curriculum. Oh. And that, you know, it's, a, it's about time. We're ready for it. Year 10, 12 students are ready to hear the harsher stories, the truth in history. 
Uh, and uh, and uh, what I've just been through with uh, doing that series, um, Who Do You Think You Are, has led me firmly to believe that uh, I should uh, be a little bit more assertive once the COVID virus has, or the all clear siren sounds. I will seek a, an audience with Dan Andrews and the Education Minister here in Victoria. And most likely now that I know I'm connected uh, through five generations back to Tasmania, to the Briggses, uh, my maternal aunts and, uh, 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 and et cetera. So I'll, uh, I, I will also reach uh, the Premier of... Uh, uh, seek an audience with them too, uh, the Premier of Tasmania and also their Education Minister, to believe that uh, certain, um, in, you know, uh, certain stories need to be told and especially the story of Tasmania, the truth in history needs to be told. And uh, we're never going to get anywhere as a people, as Australian people, black and white. We're never going to come together unless we bleed truth in history onto our state schools curriculum. We can't whitewash history. And that needs to be uh, uh, told uh, uh, through, uh, through our schools and uh, colleges. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I, uh, I, I'm um, uh, a little bit uh, iffy about ScoMo's um, uh, um, closing the gap initiative and all that money and etc. Um, I believe those uh, uh, people up the top end, those, those kids, uh, you know, are uh, very much deserving of a financial support. And uh, I hope it does reach them. I noticed that their own government, um, some time ago, um, have um, um, Dan Andrews openly admitted that the uh, stolen generation, in and of itself, was a form of genocide. So he would have a uh, a redress scheme, and etc. But uh, the likes of myself as a stolen person, Kutcher Edwards and others that I've known, are never going to be able to see any, any, you know, not a red cent of that money. It's going to the organisations that don't uh, really favour us. They haven't reached us. And um, uh, I don't know, maybe I should be assertive and reach out to them and say, uh, listen, I want to chop out. I want, a, I want a computer for my little office at the Collingwood Yard there uh, so I can start writing some certain monologues and etc. cetera. Yeah. Uh, so I, I believe that, um, you know, that, that uh, the money that does come forth needs to be, uh, you know, directed towards, uh, you know, the, 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 the survivors of the stolen generations and their progeny, but especially those of us that are living that are seeking to be uh, to gain a uh, you know uh, a, a, an understanding with the mob who's gotten the money from the government, the state government, to do to um, uh, house or whatever they're going to do with the members of the stolen generations. I've never seen any uh, any success so far with uh, with the mob that they've given the money to. I, I won't mention names or anything of the organisations or the people involved, etc. It's just that um, it's wishy-washy. And um, now that we have a, you know, a, a treaty 
of sorts with the Dan Andrews government, and um, we have a uh, a process where uh, members of the stolen are invited to go into Parliament to give evidence about their traumatisations, etc., their experiences. I've only just been recently re-traumatised with that uh, that show, Who Do You Think You Are? Yeah. Discovering what happened to Manon McGenna and uh, my five-times great-grandfather and my four-times great-grandmother, Warrior Tamortiena, and that uh, who was latched on to by uh, John Briggs. So that's where the Briggs name comes from, through Tasmania, etc. So uh, I have been re-traumatised. I've had sleepless nights. I'm lucky that I have theatre, that I have Zoom, and I'm, uh, I'm often asked and called upon even the, during the lockdown to do something via Zoom, to get picked up by a black hire car and delivered to some studio to, to record some narrative for some purpose and et cetera. So I'm keeping busy that way. And that. So, um, uh, look, I, I noticed that even... Nakia Louie, who wrote six episodes for Black Comedy, which I did throughout the month of May, just after I shot the two-week film shoot with SPS. Who do you think you are? I was called upon to go to Sydney to do a, uh, a six episodes of Black Comedy, special Black Comedy uh, episodes. Uh, one story is called Preppers, and um, it's a send-up of that American Doomsday Preppers show. I run an Aboriginal Doomsday Preppers camp <laughs> in the bush. But anyway, Nikki and Louie had also written something that's very important. One little episode, I wanted the guys, uh, my men, the Preppers, to build me a trench so that I could air condition the bunker. And as they were digging this trench, they dug up a skeleton and there was a bullet hole in the skull of this skeleton. And um, so the script was, you know, uh, said that, um, uh, that uh, Monty, that's me, uh, does some research and I come back and tell the assembled uh, preppers uh, what, uh, what I've discovered about these, these bones and this, uh, uh, this, uh, this head with a bullet hole in it. And uh, he said this was a, uh, 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 one of the most cruelest men uh, around this area where the preppers camp was. He shot, killed, murdered, hung uh, uh, many, a, many a black fellow, black woman, etc. And uh, even uh, you know, buried babies to, 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 uh, to, to, for support and etc. Sorry, uh, who, who did this? Uh, Nakia Louie. Okay, yep. So she wrote a bit of history into this. You know, and I was able to wax lyrical as the uh, the head on show of, uh, of Doomsday Preppers uh, Eden Two up there in um, in the Warringah Forest and that and it was just a hoot to to realise that the key is right on the ball there of delivering uh, in a piece of the uh, history in New South Wales on the north side and etc. So uh, wow, um, yes, yeah, so you know I'm. Firmly convinced that um, you know we are, as I said earlier, we're never going to get anywhere until we bleed truth and history onto our state schools. So, Uncle, all of these things that you've said are really relevant, and I mean, you're a living example of all this. You're stolen generation. You've you've been to prison, and you've you've rebuilt your life. You've you're an actor. 
you know, you've you've done films, and I'm just really really glad that you're a writer. So tell us more about ScoMo's report. I mean, what what do you think? Because he he mentioned a lot about you know prevention of suicide, you know, yeah, um, the, the targets of youth prison prisoners yeah, develop programs uh, being out of prison. Uh, uh, people are out of jail, young adults, especially young. Though. But he's not uh, doing anything. There's, there's no what programs have been yet. put in there. It's not happening. We do rely on the odd, odd organisations that do have some, uh, uh, you know, yeah. some uh, inroads in this. But yeah. it's all too yeah. short and all too small, and uh, and it doesn't reach uh, the levels that it, it, you know, the level of of, uh, of the big mobs of people that are. Uh, Entering into there, it's a hundred percent Aboriginal in these detention centres. Apparently, there are no white kids committing committing crimes in Northern Territory. <laughs> I find that strange, and that you know. Uh, but you know, I, I, the paranoia allows me to believe that uh, you know they need uh, these kids to be uh, even in our own uh, uh, centres down here, and that you know they need these kids to. Uh, learn to become uh, dedicated recidivist prisoners. Uh, the system can't uh, exist unless uh, our people became dedicated recidivists, kept on returning. And that, and, um, so uh, so it's up to, you know, uh, myself and uh, Archie Roach, the Archie Roach Foundation, and others around the, uh, the state of Victoria to do something positive for... Uh, uh, our, our two youth detention centres down here. Um, what would you say to Daniel Andrews if, if you got an audience with him, Uncle? Uh, I would ask him um, uh, where, 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 where does he think he is in regards to uh, um, um, uh, uh, changing the, the record, uh, uh, releasing. Uh, you know, those that are under uh, uh, 14 out of, uh, uh, you know, we got kids in there at 10 years old enough, you know. It's just not right that 10-year-olds should be jailed, etc. And so I believe you know, that, uh, that elders need to go to, to the... Uh, the uh, High, uh, you know, people in Parliament, and uh, especially the top people like Dan Andrews, and um, and uh, ask them or give them uh, some hint, or give them some what we'd like to happen. That we'd like, um, you know, that, that uh, more people should be uh, uh, allowed to uh, uh, should be, uh, you know, uh, locked up or. Uh, especially the women, you know, a lot of women going in there for unpaid fines. This is ridiculous, yeah. etc. But there's still too, still too many young ones in our youth detention centres. I've been zooming in occasionally. Uh, lucky we have uh, you know, Indigenous teachers uh, in our uh, in Malmesbury and etc. I've, uh, I've zoomed into them and etc. But it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not confident about the level of... Uh, of uh, of support for these uh, for those people that are in our in our youth detention centres right at this time, and that um, 
I'm very disappointed with the way things have panned out. Um, so uh, uh, when the time comes and I can get in there and see, have his audience with him, uh, something might happen. And that's, you know, I mean, we've already had a win. Absolutely. We've already had a win with Dan Andrews' government in regards to the... He's got a spent conviction scheme. We're the only state that has a spent conviction scheme underway now. I remember going into Parliament two years ago giving evidence with the Wurundjeri people, a couple of elders from mid-Victoria and around, who gave evidence as to the reason why we believed that certain criminal records could be expunged within the space of three, five and ten years. And uh, for some even individuals, three months. We knew that Daniel Andrews was up for this because Uncle Larry Walsh, with uh, Ron Merkel, QC, had earlier uh, convinced Daniel Andrews to uh, uh, to squash, to uh, expunge our baby criminal records, our childhood criminal records, because as members of the Stolen Generation, we developed the criminal records from the moment we were stolen. Yes. My, my first criminal record was at four months. Choco Edwards, Howard Edwards' criminal mm. record, I'd seen his his record, and, that. and uh, he said uh, it, it reads that uh, Howard Edwards' uh, childhood, seven months, offence, uh, child in need of care and attention, that was the offence. Well, Daniel Andrews expunged those without uh, without uh, going through uh, a parliament or anything, he just outright thought it was wrong. All of them? Uh, yeah, yeah, all of them. Just in Victoria? Yeah, just in Victoria. We're the only state that's moving on this, you know. So we knew that Daniel Andrews was up for this. So uh, I was there for the reading in the lower house after I gave evidence, and then I had to go away and do a show, that Black Ties production, uh, collaborating with the Obituary Theatre and, uh, and a, and a theatre from Mari Theatre from Auckland. And when I got back uh, two years ago in March, uh, just before the, the national lockdown, the borders closed. Um, uh, Fitzroy's free legal service, Megan Fitzgerald, rang and said, Uncle, you've had a win. Congratulations. And I said, what? Well, Daniel Andrews put his own bill into the upper chamber and uh, he's legislated his own spent conviction schemes. So we have a spent conviction scheme here in Victoria. So immediately... I zoomed into um, into um, 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 Barwon and told the fellows down there that there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Fellows, you could have your criminal record entirely expunged after a certain period of time. It depends on your crime. And uh, you can, uh, uh, you know, you can live a, a normal life like anybody else. Yeah, Absolutely. You to have Absolutely. a criminal record the rest of your life, you know. Uh, say, and you'll be able to find work and you'll be able to say that, uh, well, it wouldn't be a beautiful lie if you say you haven't got a criminal record once it's yes. been expunged. You don't have to admit to it. So um, I can't Uncle... really do it myself because I've been living off my criminal record all these years. <laughs> I'm just really happy. <laughs> I'm just really happy that, you know, that, that that's actually a win. Sorry about that. I actually had to, as I was talking to you, I actually actually put a mask on. Because oh. someone was...
actually dropping something up at the, off at the door. This this damn coronavirus thing. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't yeah. even talk to people anymore, <laughs> <laughs> except on the yeah. phone. Yeah. Oh. yeah no. I'd anyway, to come back from the health service, and uh, they gave me my stack deck, saying that I've had uh, uh, all my flu shots, and uh, and uh, that's uh, all right. Now, Uncle, sorry to interrupt you there because we're nearly finished now with our, with the show. Right. I just wanted to also say, aren't you really concerned about, you know, all the people that are homeless and not having anywhere to stay, especially during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're always, uh, always. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I'm worried about those. I think about them. I think about people coming out of jail. Uh, oh, it's awful. Time where they don't have to give a uh, an address, and that yeah, so yeah. on parole they have to give an address. So there's many people that are leaving our institutions and coming back into homelessness. Absolutely. And um, and, and um, so we need, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in developing um, spending money on community hubs again. And these community mm-hmm. hubs need to be 24/7 measures. We need beds, we need showers, we need large washing machines, and we also need uh, cottages. We need a large building, etc. And I've been trying to convince Yarra Council to uh, to take me serious about this and give me a building. Whereupon, once I get a building, I believe that uh, I could get a lot of support locally. Absolutely. Uh, and, and from people who would uh, donate of their time to set up, you know, cottage industries in the building. And etc. Mm-hmm. You know, we go and see white goods to get the, the proper uh, large washing machines that we'd we'd need to have, and etc. This is the way you go about it. You ask the business people. Grassroots stuff. Hey? Grassroots. You know, not all these yep, empty yep, promises and apologies. Yeah. And then the money not and, reaching the people. Yeah, and the jacks. Uh, even the police would believe that this would be a great initiative. I believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I strongly believe that. Uh, they would rather be dropping off uh, their clients, as it were, to the yes, centre. Yes. Uh, you know, the Centre for Indigenous Excellence in Collingwood, Fitzroy, you might say, 24-7 measure. There'd be a nurse on station. There'd be security of our own. That's right. Uh, Uncle, just one last thing. Sorry, because we've got to finish soon. But if you've been re-traumatised, I hope you're keep keeping busy. I am and busy, busy. You yeah. know that you're able to talk to people about things. Oh yes, yeah, I have. Uh, I have spoken to people, and uh, they're always ringing, but ringing me up and checking out, out uh, how I am and etc. Uh, well, you come onto this show. That's that's a way of, of addressing yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a way of addressing it. But yes, uh, Emma, the last person that gave me the information about Manaligena and uh, Warrior Tamaltiana, uh, my great full-time's uh, great-grandmother, my five-time's great-grandfather uh, down there in Tasmania. Uh, she uh, knew that uh, this uh, had impacted, so she rigged occasionally, Emma. She works in Swinburne here in Glen Ferry, yeah. so um, uh, I, I'll be able to talk to her mm. uh, once uh, yeah, the schools are over or the Swinburne College is open up there and that up. I'll ride my auxiliary powered bike up there and check in with her. Great. Uh, she's a wonderful Uncle, lady. Sorry, I've got to finish now because pretty soon the next show is going to come in. But thank you okay. so much for your, oh, I don't know, just your wisdom and everything. Yeah. And, uh, and-
and uh, I hope all you Bob out there seriously consider the fact that uh, there is a um, redress scheme happening in Victoria. You need to really consider where you are with your life, and that you know is a time for you to be serious about um, uh, leaving this last jail sentence. Call it the last jail sentence, and uh, look forward. But you do need support, you know, and that's why I say we need community hubs, community buildings like the original Indiana workshop, Indiana workshop that Jan Chesler ran during the seventies and etc. So that's right. That's a long. That's a long way off. But I believe that this is one of the initiatives that I'll be talking to Daniel Andrews about. Also, yeah. For people that are leaving prison, that's got to be the last jail sentence. Yes, 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 yes. Is it possible? Because the last one, 2005, for me was my last one. I had considered it before leaving that prison, before leaving the lot in Port Phillip Prison to come back out to freedom. And, you know, I had already undertaken the Murray program and the penny dropped. It That's right. Like and look where you are now. Look where you are right now with everything. Back. Keep up all, your, all your, your writing and your music and your acting, Uncle. Yep, no problems. OK, Marissa, thanks very much for hearing us out. Okay. Take care and come back again. Yes, yes, and hello to the aunties out there too. <laughs> hello to all the aunties. That's wrong, Bob, that Bob, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Uncle, thanks so much. All right, you too. Take see. care. Bye. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. The Black Lives Matter movement is not going away here or overseas. It gives me hope seeing the numbers of people that turn out to these Invasion Day demonstrations in Melbourne. It gives me the understanding that we will win, folks. We will succeed! Subscribe to 3CR in 2021. Feed Radical Radio. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 94198377. with the Doing Time show and thank you for listening and we're going to be going out now with our theme song Blackfella Whitefella by the Rumpy Band. Thank you to all our, our guests and so ends this special broadcast on the so-called Closing the Gap. Stay safe and take care of each other. Stay tuned every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Doing Time show. Bye.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.